Good evening, everybody, and welcome to this month's edition of the Fantasy Group. The Accessible World Fantasy Book Club is the official title, and today we are here to discuss the book that I recommended, which, according to some, I still have a good track record for recommending lousy books, and that extends to movies, too, but that's another story. But anyway, um, the book is called The Black Prism by Brent Weeks. And take it away, people. Well, I might as well start because, um, well, just because. Uh, I know Lana has a lot to say, and I'll let her say it. And I'll back off. I'll no, back no, no, no. <laughs> oh, no, no. Um, but uh, I, I started reading this thing. And as I was telling the, the writers group just today, now, my parents were artists, okay, and I grew up, you know, in a house where we talked about color a lot. And, but I just got completely bamboozled by all this talk about color and who was who and what was what. Now, I, I understood that the, the, the prism was the, the guy that was sort of like the emperor, and then then there was the real empress who was you know was the queen or whatever the heck and then there was something about his brother which who was down in the dungeon and I couldn't figure out what that was all about and why they couldn't have two prisms but you know I, what do I know and um and and all this bit about color and how it affected people and you know and I, <laughs> um well, say, and it started but... out with this boy collecting. He was going out to collect whatever that was he was going out to collect. You didn't know what it was. You didn't know what it did. You didn't know why he was collecting it. Um, and and you didn't know how things worked. Um, and and you can't really explain it. You, you the, the writer doesn't want to go into a whole slew of explanations. But you you need to see something happen and say this happened because that did, happened and and it and, and you just and then you switch characters so quickly uh, that you know we were this boy's village was about to be attacked and then we switch over to this prism and he's got seven years and some but then you don't quite know what's what's all all that about he's on his third try or something and then you got this guy in the cell doing something in the urine to try to dig a hole in his cell and I'm sitting here going. What is and and all the, like you say all these colors we don't know what they do. Um, maybe there should have been a glossary at the back. You know, yellow does this, green does that, blue does that, and uh, the term blah blah refers to. Didn't who is it? Um, oh, what's his name? The Wheel of Time guy, Robert had, Jordan. Yeah, he had ad infinitum glossary with his book. Because he threw a lot of terms at you that you, huh? Well, that would have at least made more sense. Yes, and and I don't think it should have been such. A, I don't think he should have hit with so many, but he's got so many books he had to. But there should have been some kind of reference guide because I'm sitting here. Okay, so his eyes look funny. All right, so you know what's normal. And I just I was so disoriented. You saw in my email. You know my mobility instinct kicked up kicked itself i don't want to be dumped out in the middle of a parking lot with cars going whishing whish whish everywhere around right. me. um it's one <laughs> it's one thing for a writer to 
you know, over-explain. You don't want that. But you also are you. But you also don't want to just be plopped down in the middle of stuff and be expected to understand what everything means. Right. I I found it very disorienting to be plunked down in the middle of a palace. Okay, you know it's a palace, all right, because you you got the right description for a palace, a room in a palace. But there's nothing about the location of this palace, you know, except that it was in a in a town, which is usually true of a palace, but there was nothing about, you know, was it by the sea, was it spring, was it summer, was it fall, was it winter, was it uh, a tropical place, you know, um, there just was no, there was no, um, what's the word I want, no no grounding. I guess that that's really what I, what I objected to, there was no grounding in reality. We've talked about grounding in fantasy novels before, and what did we do two or three meetings ago where we all said that the writer did such a good job of giving us a sense of place? I think it was Forging the Dark Sword. Maybe that was it, where we really felt we it was a strange situation, but they had enough normal stuff happening that you... You knew you had your feet on the ground. You knew where you stood. Yes, exactly. That's really um, interesting because I absolutely hated forging the dark dark sword, and <laughs> I loved this book. Or I, well, okay, tell yeah, what, what did you tell love about it? Tell us what you found in it that we missed. Well, here's my theory, um, and it doesn't really have anything to do with. Um, I think that you have some pointed, some important objections to the book. I found that all of the shifting of point of views was very disconcerting, too. Um, but I think that what it is, is I happen to have just exactly the right background that the stuff about the colors didn't bother me. I mean, you know, I was like, I was a physics major in college. So. And optics was my favorite part of physics. Ah. So I kind of understood that stuff pretty well. And then, in addition to that, I'm also involved in energy healing. And color um, is important in energy healing. And it has a lot of the same kinds of weird associations of particular um, mental things and personality quirks. Or Why didn't the author at, at, tell us these things as they happened you know, so we knew what was going on? I can, I can understand why that would be very confusing to somebody who's never really seen well, anything. Well, no, but Anne and I were talking. Anne and I were talking about color in a, in the writers group, and and uh, different colors of pencils and how colors shade from one to another. And I'd love to have a graph. Of those color, of those pencils, how the one color is you you go from yellow to something to green to something to blue. We right. we have to learn about how colors relate. I have a very strong concept of the color wheel. So, and and I know that you know a light pink isn't just red light, you know, um, and a dark burgundy isn't just red dark. Um, so you know that there can be tones of brown and tones of almost yellow and and it you know it isn't straight red it's 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 got other shades in it 
I understand those things from because we have to know them in order to pick our clothes. Um, sure. But but okay. So his eyes flash these different colors. What what did that mean? What did that do? His, and his, then uh, his different magic is different colors. The, and then the problem when this is substance that... came out of him, you know, what what was that? What, what? And then the boy, what was he looking for? You know, when he goes out at night, he had to be somewhere by dawn to collect the, whatever those things were. I forgot how they pronounced the it. The little bits of Those it, yeah. whatevers. Why? You know, I, it just, it, it's not because we don't understand color. I mean, you don't understand color if you've never seen color. You can't really understand color. I get that. But... You can still understand a concept of colors by what, I mean, orange, barring food coloring, orange juice couldn't be any other color. Um, or orange, having drunk orange juice, orange couldn't be any other color. I mean, once you learn, you know, red to yellow, to red to orange to yellow. Uh-huh. And and once you read a lot about the different associations of uh, uh, color with with the water or with ice or with the sky and you can tell by the weather that a bright blue sky on a cold winter night or an almost black sky on a cold winter night can still be blue where in the summer when the air is soft and the breeze is gentle and somebody says there are a few puffy clouds in a warm blue sky, you get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, as I so, say, so when, totally hold lucky. on, hold on, Lana, hold on, <laughs> Julia, you gotta, you gotta hold in this lady just a, a tad bit because, uh, uh, yeah, you're right. uh, Marshall hasn't said a word here. Oh my gosh. Poor <laughs> <laughs> well, Marshall. I'd like to probably get a word in edgewise. Well, I tried. <laughs> um, yeah, I had problems. First of all, because I couldn't connect with any of the characters in any kind of a way, positive or negative. When he got to the point where he had the two brothers, one of them pretending to be the other, um, that got confusing. I wish I knew what the white lady did. You know, what was her function? Um if you read far enough, you do actually get to the point where he explains what the various kinds of magics do depending on their color. But I think the book would have really benefited from a descri- description of the history, you know, of what these various people's functions were, what the various magic colors did. And when I finally gave up is when they started introducing yet more characters. <laughs> when I was already having trouble tre- keeping track of the, you know, which of the two brothers I was dealing with. Yeah, I found um, that a bit confusing too. And yeah, I thought the way that they switched from person to person just drove me crazy. Well, and, I couldn't figure out. I I, I just could not figure out if. The whole town was destroyed. How is the prism supposed to meet his son, who is on the run for his life and, you know, traveling all over the creation? And how is he supposed to meet his son if the mother has died? I mean, this is, I don't understand this. 
yeah, didn't no way get to that find far it. in the book? I have um, no I got that far. He uses magic to create kind of a ski of of a lake skimming thing, which he then turns into an airplane or a glider, glides over the mountain range, sees the duke or whatever you called him that destroyed the city, trying to kill the two the the two survivor the two bo- child survivors of the massacre, one of whom is his son. How did he know that his son was in that Okay, well, I didn't get that far. I'm sorry to say. (laughs) Well, I don't remember exactly how he knew that he was his... Well, actually, I... What was the note? Wasn't there was a lady magician that was with him that had the note, or had had read the note, so she knew... Well, he knew he was his son through her, and he was the only survivor of the town. But that's well, a little the, far-fetched, don't you think, Marshall? I mean, no. The note was sent by his his mail. It was in his correspondence, like someone had sent right. it. Right. Well, you you know, I could send a note to to Marshall and say, um, I want you to meet my son because he's right. your son too. Okay. Right. Now, <laughs> if Marshall knows anything about me, he knows that I've I've never had a kid. I've I've never been married and so therefore he doesn't have a son by me and not only that we haven't we haven't had the opportunity so what i'm saying is just because there's a note how is he supposed to recognize the son well see here's where it gets confusing again because it turns out and this is going to be complicated i think because it has to do with the two brothers Right, right. And I can't tell which one they're really talking about. The <laughs> guy that actually fathered the child. The one in prison. Was the was the prism. But the guy that they thought had fathered the child was the prisoner being held by the prison. So That's not quite right. <laughs> but no, 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 the other way around. <laughs> It's well, the other it, way around. The guy yeah, who fathered yeah. the child is the one who's, who he was in prison for fifteen. Gavin, the one who was the original prison before the war. Then yeah. Dazen put him in prison, and so that's not Dazen's son. That's Gavin's son, who's been in prison for like fifteen years. See, that's one of the things yeah. I hated about the book. You yeah. can't tell. You, 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 <laughs> you can't tell who the score who they're talking about. Well, here's an inter- interesting thing: the fact that I finally discovered that. Gavin, that's the older son, the one that was the father's favorite, is actually the one that's imprisoned, and his younger brother has right. impersonated him and is right. now the prism. When I finally discovered that, I felt like I had had, um, I don't know if any of you have ever done anything with a dog where you use one of those collars that is just basically a chain and to like when you're teaching them to do stuff, you yeah, you pop that chain. You got a leash correction. Yeah, you get a leash correction. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, a leash. I felt like I'd had a leash a leash correction because <laughs> I was assuming yeah. that you know I was like, okay, so who's the good guy here? But the thing that really got me interested in the book did not happen until I discovered that, and I decided that 
actually, I was very intrigued because there was so much ambiguity about that. And I'll tell you what, I did not finish the first book knowing who I thought was the good guy and who was the bad guy. Hmm. And if well, I really like the were there people you liked though? Forget forgetting about knowing who's the good guy. Were there characters that you liked that you cared oh, about yes. whether they were the good guy Absolutely. or bad guy? I love Kit, the young boy. Well, yeah, the kid. And, yeah. Um, I also like Gavin. Um, and let's see who else. I like. I really did not like what's her name the the black guard woman that was with Garrett. Kat. Yeah, Garrett. Yeah, whatever her name. It starts with a C, I think. Karis. Um, yes, Karis. I really did not like her at first, and I'm finished the second book, and I'm still not sure that I entirely like her. But she, I've, she's grown on me. Um. <laughs> let's see. Well, what happened? Their eyes were different colors. But when yes, they well, used the magic, this gunk they, came all over their bodies. I, I don't. <laughs> well, that's just the, it sucked a lot filling their body. And you yeah, it's not actual it. Okay. Um, and then and when it got used, then it would go away and you'd just be back to the normal color. But it for but some he collected reason, it. But he collected it or it burned eyes. away in the sun. It gets. It doesn't get burned away. It's actually the whole concept of of the light stuff is that it's using the light of the sun to create magic. That's sort of the whole concept of the book. Okay. Is when when the you take the light that's a particular color and can transform that into magical things, basically energy. Okay. Um and you can actually create physical things with it. I mean, like um, the main guy making the, the little boats and stuff. Those were just basically made from the light that he was able to light. suck out of the sun. It goes back to whether light lights color. are waves or particles. They, or they, it was exactly. definitely particles, exactly. not waves. So it's definitely part of the sort of whole idea of... I guess just the light. description of how, how it was happening was so foreign that I, I could not connect the colors of the eyes with this stuff that appeared all around him and then stuff on the ground. I was just, huh, what, what, what? You know, I just didn't make those connections. Yeah. Well, and... and you know, I'm beginning to I think that, that part of the reason that people like different books is that the author's writing style matches the reader's Reading style, if you will, mm-hmm. it's very much the same as a teacher and a student, because yes. a teacher's certain writing style or teaching style may or may not match a given student. Now, I have had students who, you know, I like them and they're very nice people and all that, but their learning style did not match my teaching style. And it's like they were aliens or something. Yeah. Well, not not aliens. Family. It's just different. Not aliens, Deb, but but they that that whatever I said or did did not click yeah. with them. It it just was that 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 it did not click. 
And they might find another teacher whose style meets their needs and, you know, they may just click along wonderfully, wonderfully, um, you know, and, and I think authors are, are like this too. And I have to say that this particular book, um, it just didn't click. I just, I felt nothing about these characters. I didn't care about them. And I, I, I just found it really confusing. And whether the book needed a prologue, like uh, um, David Eddings used to do, which is somewhat helpful, because if you have a prologue, then you can put in all the information and readers can read it or not as they choose. And you label it prologue and you say, okay, here I'm going to tell you all the information. And I like then, what Anne McKenna... Oh, go ahead. Then you, I was just going to talk about her. Yeah, and then, then you start out and, and you start out with the real real story and people who have read the prologue know the background. Anne McCaffrey did such a good job of that in her earlier dragon books. Uh it was so long. Dragonflight. Yes, it wasn't very long, but you, you sort of got oriented very quickly to what was going on, and then you learned more things, obviously, as the book went forward. But you, you understood what, what the dragons were and what the problem was and stuff. Going into the book, you had your feet kind of on the ground. Yes. I, I was just thinking about that, too, and I agree with you. That, that, that would have been interesting. I wonder how it would have changed feel of the books, though, I don't know, because you really got plunked. Part of what intrigued me was you got plunked down in the middle of this, and you really were at sea. I mean, that's just, but that's sort of part of question. Like do you, experiencing do you do the same a lot kind of, of thing that this poor person did. Yeah, do kid. you do a lot of mobility in strange areas, in unfamiliar areas? I, I am partially sighted. And so, oh, that doesn't. But having said that, I have done some stuff. I've I have found it very disconcerting to be in places like um, riding the bus or something, especially when I first started riding the bus after I couldn't see very well anymore. I found that very um, disconcerting. I but thought it always, but it always eventually worked out because. I was working. I worked really hard and really had more clues than most people do that experience that for the first time because I could see some. It's just that I had to learn what to look for and how. I to just look wondered for. if maybe you know, even among totals, there are some who go anywhere. They'll cross yes. any street, and there's there are cowards like me. You know, I have to know it's four blocks down and six blocks over. Um, and uh, I wondered if there was a connection, which there obviously is not, between the very bold mobility travelers um, who don't care. They go to a strange city and find, you know, there are drivers who do the same way in cars. Uh, there are people who you can put down in a city they've never been before and they'll find everything. And there are people who get lost in their own neighborhood. I mean, it's just how they are. Uh-huh. Um, well, I'm a really bad orientation, sorry. 
I, person, I, and, and I love you, the book. And yet you followed the book. So so yeah. that was so much for that connection. But I thought maybe there would be a connection between our our mobility skills and how rattled we got, and and how well we adapted to the book. Because I think it hit me on a very, I think that's the level it struck me. Hmm. You well, know, you know, I think I think that what you're doing there is not so much making a connection between people's abilities and whether they got rattled, Lana, as you're making a simile or yeah. a metaphor, okay. if you will, okay. uh, of of how this struck you and the fact that you felt as if you were in a parking lot. And there were the cars going. You know, I didn't know what the fronts were. All right, and you're and you're standing there in the parking lot, and you're going, "Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> and I've been there. I've done that. And Our you know, parking it's lots like, terrible because you need an edge to follow. It's not so yes, much you the do. car, and it's and nobody's going to hit you in a parking yeah, lot. Or, or at least you need a a direction to follow. You need either the sunlight or the wind blowing, and you need to know where you're going. And you need to know that it's there. I mean, the storefronts yes. are over there, you know. Yes. If you right. walk toward the sun, you're going to reach the storefronts, you know. Right, And And exactly. that's the feeling that book gave me. Uh-huh. I, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> Julia, you were going to say something? Well, I really love the book, like Deb, and I think it's funny because one of the reasons why I liked it is basically the reason that Lana didn't like it. I <laughs> I found it intriguing that I was just plopped in the middle of everything and I wanted to stick with it to try to figure out what the heck was going on with all these people. It was like, oh, this is fun. Let's figure this out. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. There was a certain, that was definitely part of my enjoyment of it too. But the thing that really did make me decide, oh, I really do like this book is like I said at the moment when I realized that there were the two brothers and that they were swapped. That just absolutely clinched uh, it for me. I know because then you had to like reconfigure all the stuff you just read. It's like, wait a minute, that was this guy, not this guy. And <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And and I mean, and it was like I kept thinking for like, and nobody said this is something that was I guess obvious. Duh. That hey. This boy that this guy is claiming or is not claiming but would like to be claiming as his son is not really his son. You know, it's like, holy cow, what is this? And, you know, I just I just loved all that ambiguity. But I love ambiguity in books anyway. Um, that's sort of, I don't like there to be major... Maybe maybe it's good for there to be moral and ethical things that go on in a book, but to make me have to be challenged to decide what I think is really the real moral high ground is fascinating. When you had when you had some more vision, did you appreciate abstract art as opposed to representational art? Yes, and in fact, I was an artist. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, not professional by any means. Um, I I loved both, but and I appreciate both kinds. And that's interesting because, yeah. Uh huh. Lana, I think you may have hit on something. I very much 
appreciate representational art. Yes. Uh, abstract art kind of leaves me going, huh? Because I, I, I just, I, I find it very difficult to find a point in a sculpture that has all kinds of, of spikes and stuff sticking out of it and you know, there, you know, there's no, there's no uh, point to it. I mean, well, not point, but there's no reason behind it, or at least as far as I can find out. And well, I don't and like, I don't like atonal music either. And part, no, I don't care for that either. We learn so much about the world through representational art. I mean, it might be a plastic, right. cheap plastic toy, but. Through representational shapes, we learn what an elephant looks like. I mean, we have to then make the make the next step to it's huge and it smells and it has a coat and all that. But you know, I mean, come on. But you still you still get the idea of elephant or lion. I mean, particularly if you see a statue of a lion and then you see a bushy cat as a, <clears throat> as opposed to a short haired cat, um, as opposed to a Siamese cat. Um, you, we learn, we depend on representational art to teach us what things look like. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely Funny, I don't right. like graphic art either, just to make life interesting. Hmm. So, so much for that I connection. Can... <laughs> well, actually, that makes a lot of sense to me because the whole point of abstract art is that you divorce it from anything that has to do with representing the real world and just appreciate it for the colors and the lines and the rhythm of what you're looking at and that kind of thing. And if you can't see what's there, then there's no way that you can, you know... You have no basis for thinking yeah. about that stuff. So why I can do important? it with jewelry. You know, a lot of pieces oh, of jewelry, yes. like a pendant or something, is mm-hmm. not meant to represent a particular shape. It just may be right. a loop and some swirls, you know, right. on a small scale. But I don't have to understand it. I can feel the pretty smooth enamel of the of the metal, you know, or the uh-huh. uh, edges of the crystal or whatever. I can I can get that because it's not supposed to be anything. It's just supposed to look pretty. But I can't make the next step into, you know, sculpture or art or or uh Well, like, maybe that's like, because we can't see the whole thing in one go. Ah, that could yeah, be maybe. it too. Yes. Be- because if you look at a piece of jewelry, because it's small, you can see it all in one go. Yeah. You get the gestalt. Mhm. And mm. if you look at, at a sculpture, um, it's a gestalt too. But because it's so big, you know, you don't get the same you, you don't get the same pattern. You have to fit it together. Right. And if it doesn't fit together right, it doesn't make sense. I don't it's know. Like understanding that all trees aren't shaped like Christmas trees. No. You know, some right. trees are more That's rounded. Uh, they don't come to a point at the top. They they are. Um, well, I have heard, and, and please correct me, uh, that some people, when they want to do a real uh, primitive version of a tree, it's a stick with a circle on top. Well, yes, but that's like not 
a Christmas tree top tree. I know that's what I mean. A not yeah. Christmas tree tree. Uh, uh, your your maple in the backyard or something. A deciduous. Uh, and tree. and we had to learn that. It was a long time before I learned that, because trees are too big to tell what they look like. You know, you can well, tell sure. what branches. You can tell what bushes are like, but bushes aren't trees. Nobody, you know, told me that trees can have the same shape as bushes. So anyway. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Did you ever climb trees when you were young? Anna? Not really. Uh-uh. We our trees weren't quite the trees in our backyard weren't quite tall enough for climbing. I did one time and you know move from branch to branch, but that still wouldn't give me an idea of the total of the gestalt. Well, that's as you say. that's true. It wouldn't, but um, it it helps. Um, it would give I had you a, a tree house when I was a kid. Mm. It's more like the the skeleton instead of the outs instead of the skin. Well, and it's you're getting you you understand how the branches relate to one another, but you still don't get the overall shape. Exactly, right, that's true. You the don't. leaves that stick out at the ends are what mm-hmm. you really see, especially you know when you're looking mm-hmm. at the shape of a tree from a distance. Yeah, you're not looking at the branches; you're looking at the the massive trees of leaves. Yeah, in fact, leaves. I've, I've seen trees that are represented as just leaves, you know, a big ball of leaves on top of a branch. You know. Well, that's pretty much what they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, well, anyway. a very interesting conversation. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. It would be interesting for the, get the comments of those who listen to our recording uh, because this really, more than any of our other books, it talks uh, to fantasy and blindness and how they relate to our understanding of what we're reading. And I don't know, it's just interesting. Yeah, well, I really like Deb. I like the book, and I like Gavin and Kip and um, what else did I want to say? Yeah, I, just, I think I just wanted to say that I like those two characters the best, and I'm almost done with the second book, so we'll see what happens. I just finished it. Yes. But see, another part for me was that I think a big part of the reason why I liked it so much is because I read the graphic audio version, which, you know, like all the characters are talking and stuff. And then I went oh, back cool. and I, you know, started to read the other version because I wanted to see, you know, and it looked like it was word for word, so I didn't have to read the whole thing. But I... I don't know if I would have liked this much if I was just stuck with plain narration. I remember getting really bored in Chapter 2, and then I think I got all the way to Chapter 12. But See, I got so. it on thing. Huh. And I got it on Bookshare. I could have downloaded it from Bard, but I thought, eh, it downloads faster from Bookshare. And I can okay, read it online, yeah. you know. And that, that computer voice does affect oh, gee. Yeah. how easy yeah. it is to read things sometimes. Yeah, because the graphic audio are like plays. They have all the characters and music and sound effects, so it made it like really happy, exciting. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Where did you get that, from Audible, or was that from something else? Well, from a friend. Ah, okay. Something that I noticed in that book is that I thought that the way that it was written, particularly the stuff with the, the kid, Ken, Kit um, reminded me a lot of Kevin Hearn's writing. Did anybody else pick that up? Especially um, at the point where he's looking, and this is farther on in the book, so probably a bunch of you won't know about this, but there is a girl that he's really attracted to, and 
the way that he talks about noticing her for, as a sexual being. Um, it's not it's not lewd or anything, but it's just it's just really. I thought that I thought that he could be a really charming writer at points. Wasn't that mentioned in the beginning to the the girl he grew up with, and he was just beginning to notice that she wasn't or another oh, girl in the village. That girl gets killed almost immediately. Oh, but there was a touch of that early on about, about yeah. he, yeah. you know, he, well, he I was thinking of her kind of as a sister and he was beginning to realize she was a woman. I don't remember exactly, but yeah. you did get that realization of that, you know, this relationship's going to change. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or if it doesn't, mm-hmm. he's going to be looking at other people and he definitely does. It's mm-hmm. I, Some of that I thought was just really endearingly charming. Um, huh. Which That's interesting. Is, Speaking of Kevin Hearn, did... Uh, did the rest of you see that uh, Hearn's <laughs> latest is on Bard? I read the first one, and that was. <laughs> yeah, oh. well, this is this is his latest, and oh boy, is it good! I'm in the middle. <laughs> I got oh, caught up by Kevin Hearn, so I never finished the other book. But uh, oh man, this is uh-huh. good. All I've got to say is, I think I love Owen. Yes, I do too. He (laughs) makes me laugh uproariously. I have cracked up many times. I'm about halfway through too, I think. Well, I don't know how far I am, but I'm I'm fairly along. I I think I'm in chapter twelve. And uh, I'm, I'm enjoying this immensely. Yes, and and Owen just oh, it's just so darn funny, you know. And his saying, you know, how he hates cell phones and how he yeah. <laughs> oh, and it's just so it's so crazy, just nuts. And you know, and and how he uh, is having a hard time to adapting to the the current century and yes. I, He's just a wonderful character. I love him, and well, of course, Atticus, of course, too. But um, you know, Owen, Owen is something else. I... <laughs> I Owen know, and the dog. I'm a little tired of Atticus, frankly. Atticus. Oh well, you know, Atticus is Atticus. You know, um, whether he's it's he's, you know, he's he's the quintessential hero. Whether he's sitting down in Alabama or sitting out in the, the Irish, whatever, you know, fairy world. Yeah. You know, Atticus is, is, <laughs> is the quintessential hero. Yeah, but he seems to be, in the la- in the latest book, he just seems to be getting a little more down because of all the people that have died. Yeah, um, well, that's not surprising. Because um, a bunch of people are gone, that's for sure. Yeah. That is a fun book. I'm really enjoying it. Um, yeah, I feel like I missed very something. Good. Though there seem to be places he's been that I don't remember be- seeing in the book, but I don't want to talk about them because it will spoil it. Might spoil it for somebody else. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Hmm. Some some of it goes back to not just the book before, but the book before the book before. 
You know, and, yeah. and, well, and occasionally it's even farther back than that. I mean, yeah, that, there's actually one place that it goes all right, all the way back to the first book. Right. Oh, great. There's, like one, there's like one sentence in it that refers to the first book, I think. Yeah, I, I think I remember the sentence you mean, yes. Um, but... If an author is very good, he can do something like that, and the the reader will chuckle because the reader gets the inside story. Yeah. But the uh, person who has picked up the book in the middle of the series, uh, it, they might pass right over it, but if the writer is good, it doesn't destroy their ability to enjoy the, the current book they're reading. Well, I think he, expl- I think he explains the what it's about really well around mm-hmm. that you know that mm-hmm. sentence that I mentioned. Good. Good. That's a um, thing. That's a good writer. You don't. You don't have to. I think it helps to read them in order, but I don't know that you'd have to. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think he he gives enough background. Although this one is pretty. You know, if you if you haven't read the ones from before, it it's pretty. Um, there's a lot of information that you wouldn't get, but you know, it you could. But I think this is one of those those series that you really should read in order. Uh, Me too. There are a lot of series like that, and and uh, it's too bad because sometimes you you really. Uh, I remember in the days of talking books, we didn't always get books in order. No. Remember you get you mean the you third. Get, you ever did get them? I. I what frustrates <laughs> me is Bard. You know they'll do five or six books in the series, but they'll leave one out in the middle. Yeah, they're a lot better than they used to be back in the days of that when we got them sent to us, or, or in the days of discs, or in the early days of cassettes. You were lucky to get any of a, of a series, and you just got the one you got, and that was it. You'd order a bunch of books, and they'd come in whatever order they came in. And now we can download it if we see something we that looks like it's the third book in a series. We can enter the author's name and go for it and get the first book and 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 do it. And do it right, you know. But back in the old days, oh, I <laughs> right remember Anne, those days. Back in the old <laughs> days, you got yes. what you got. <laughs> I think that for that part, that were the bad old days. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I oh, at least my, we got them. at least we I got mean, them. I can remember the old records that used to come in those big cases. Oh yeah, scraps yeah. on them. Were you and I, Anne, talking about the days of the old talking book, the big crates? I'm, I'm talking about before the 16 and the 3rd. Oh, yeah, old, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I started the big out crates. In, yeah, in like 1961 or so. Yeah, and, and we were talking about carrying um, our – somebody had, was talking about the stream and wanting a, a pocket-sized read, book reader. And I think <laughs> those of us who have been – something smaller than the stream so they could put it in the oh pocket. Oh, my gosh. And and those of us who have been around a while just chuckled, and I think that, that might have been in the in the Victor stream. It might have been on Bard Talk, but it was. But I think a lot Talk. of us old hands just cracked up because you know, remember those big crates we used to have. Oh my God! I mean, I remember getting David Copperfield I, in two, two containers. Yes, oh my two God. containers because it was so big, so mm. long. You know, and and now you can and get you it on one piece would one like. cartridge. I mean, you know, yeah. it's just like foo cartridge, just a few gigs on your or a few megabytes on your on your stream. Yeah. I just can't get over 
how blessed we are in the books we have access to. Between Bookshare and Bard. I have so many unread books on my screen. I know, I do too, Lana. Well, you, you I, see an, I, you but know, I you keep say, downloading I the ones it. that sound interesting. Yeah, it sounds, and it, it, or it looks like I may, I don't, or you don't delete a book when you finished it because uh, I want to remember this book and this author, so I want to read the next book in the series, but I have these 12 other books to read first, <laughs> so you keep it on your stream. Yeah. Exactly. Speaking of books to read, what are we reading next month? Oh, well, there is that. <laughs> well, I thought we were, well, okay, the people that were here decided, well, that we'd read Dragonflight by Anne McCaffrey, because that's kind of a classic. That'd be fun. Right. Yes, we said we were going to read that. And I'm I'm perfectly happy, because I don't mind revisiting that at all. No, after all these years, it'd be fun to go back and see when, because some of us kind of were just new discoverers to fantasy at that time. And oh yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, I may get the omb- the omnibus edition that has the White Dragon or Dragonflight, Dragon Quest, and the White Dragon White all dragon. in one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cartridge. That's the one I have, and I like mm-hmm. that one because you know you get more of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, you know, I really like that. I wish we could find, uh, boy, have more writers like good her. Stuff. Oh, man, did she write some good stuff? I mean, yeah, you know, I have all that. of her stuff now, or practically all of her stuff, and I just love the way she writes. I really do. You know, from her science fiction, the stuff about thought transference and using thought to transfer um, cargo. Lion's pride. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and then to, to um, have you guys read the Freedom series? Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I started that. Freedom. I don't know why I didn't finish it. That was really good. Is that the was one really with good. Braille? Which yeah. one is? Is that the one where they have? There's a planet that they land on, and they're yes, that they're dumped on. Yeah. Right. And they're marooned, kind of. Yeah, Chris Bjornson. Yeah. Remember right. Chris Bjornson? Not for sure. I think I've read only the first one of those. That's where they're kidnapped from Earth and dumped on a planet. Right, exactly. Yeah. And there's four yeah. books in the series. Oh, it's wonderful. I just oh. I think there are more than four now, Anne. I think there were. I That's think right. there's like five. Freedom's Landing is one of them, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Freedom's Landing and Freedom's Freedom's Challenge and Freedom's Choice, and then uh, Freedom's something else. But they're all freedoms, whatever the heck. Yeah, the last one is the one about the the trading for the coffee. That's a wonderful book. I like that. <laughs> and then there's the, the 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 ship who sang, the ship who did this, the ship who did that. Yeah, oh, yeah. I didn't and like then, those as much. I, I didn't I, like uh, them as well, and I didn't like the dinosaur planet. I didn't like that at all because I just hate <laughs> jungles. I yeah, that dinosaur planet. Dumb. I like the Duna series though. And the um, crystal, the crystal singer. I did not like crystal singer, but I really liked the the next two. Oh, that's interesting. I liked crystal huh. singer and the other two because, you know, because I I sing. Yeah. <laughs> and I liked yeah. I liked the background, you know, and I I could just feel for her, you know, standing in front of this this pompous old voice teacher who says, mm-hmm. "Well, you're never going to amount to anything, so you might as well forget it." 
Well, what <laughs> this is an interesting. I read it with a friend of mine. I mean, a friend of mine read it, and I, and I read it about the same time. Uh-huh. And she could not understand how Kilachandra had been working for what ten years to achieve this, uh, pass this whatever she had to pass to become a singer. Right, and she failed. And but there are so many other things. Why did she just drop everything and leave? There are so many other things she could do. She could sing in the chorus. She could. I forgot all the different things she could have continued to well, do because, with the institute. If, well, because Kilachandra was Kilachandra, and Kilachandra wanted to be the best that she could be. Well, and it, I, I know. Couldn't, she couldn't be a soloist. She wasn't going to be one. Well, you not know, she only wasn't that, do anything else. Not only that, but when you've invested that many years of your life in an effort to become dot, 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 and you fail, you can't sit there and be second best, second fiddle, and watch other people do what you desperately wanted to do. And I got it. No, no. I got it right away, and this friend of mine just, just didn't, she just couldn't figure that out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I got that. I had no trouble getting that at all. I didn't either. Yeah, yeah, interesting. All right, so we're doing Dragonflight. And uh, what what is the date? Wait a minute. I've got the Braille note right here. Let me see. Planner, open planner. Okay. All right. April 26th. Yeah, that should be right. The eyes do 1 8 15 22 29. Right. Yes, it's okay. Well, yes, 26th. 26th of April. Good stuff. And I hope everyone has a really has a really nice Easter, you know, whether you celebrate it or not. I just hope you have a really good day, and that everything. Well, thank goes you, Lana, well and you and day. you thank too. You. Have have a blessed thank Easter, you. everybody. I will, I will, and you guys have have a good week. So long, or everybody. Have a good or, month. You know, whatever. Um, you know, yes, the vernal equinox has just passed. If you happen to celebrate that, whatever. Yeah, um, that's good too. Yes, it is. And the spring ahead, which I definitely do not celebrate, that we had last weekend. (laughs) Not last weekend, but the weekend before. I definitely don't. Now, fall, that's for celebration, but the spring ahead, oh, please. (laughs) When you end end the group, I'll tell you a funny story about my new TV, but I don't want to do that on there. Okay. Well, good night, everybody. I'm going to stop the recording. Yeah, good night.